Progressive presents The Sounds of the Old World. The year is 2019, and someone is waiting for a table at a restaurant. Thompson, party of four. Thompson, party of four. Thompson, party... Oh, there you are. This has been The Sounds of the Old World. Brought to you by Progressive, where drivers can still switch and save like it's 2019. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula One podcast. Kunal, Formula One's thousandth Grand Prix. How excited are you? Hey guys, welcome to the Inside Line F1 podcast and Mithila, to be honest, I am excited but I'm not excited because it's the thousandth Formula 1 Grand Prix but because uh, there's yet many unanswered questions as we look forward to China. Can Vettel bounce back? Will Ricardo finally kickstart his 2019 Formula 1 season? Will Pierre Gasly get to grips with his Red Bull can Charles Leclerc score a win in China? Do Ferrari still have the fastest and maybe not the fragile car? Who knows? Lots of questions. Yeah, Kunal, we get it, we get it. But, you know, I think it's really strange that a few paddock experts have taken to social media to prove how the upcoming Chinese Grand Prix might not be the thousandth race after all. And some said that it is the 972nd race and some said it was the last race that was the 1000th Grand Prix. So there's so much confusion. Well, frankly, I don't care. And I really wonder why people care so much about that number specifically. But you know what? Let's not care. Let's just move on. So guys, in this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula 1 podcast, as always, we have so much to talk about. We're going to talk about the Chinese Grand Prix and of course we have the awesome moments in time section with Lucien. Sebastian Vettel is spinning around on track and in the simulator. Now we really wonder if Vettel is trolling the trolls. Also, instead of the fabulous what Wolf said this week section, we have a new introduction. What will Nerve said this week section? <laughs> I really hope it's not a replacement. It's good to probably keep both sections alive keep and use the them when they open. come. <laughs> but lastly, we will tell you all that we have been tracking of Formula One celebrating its thousandth Grand Prix. Ladies and gentlemen, remember to subscribe to us on iTunes, on Audio Boom, on Google Podcasts, on Spotify, on basically every audio platform in the world for your weekly dose of Formula One humor. And we are excited to tell you we are still featured on the iTunes app or the podcast, the Apple Podcast Store and on CastBox. So thank you very much for your support. So in China, Formula One drivers are going to be sporting retro helmet liveries. And in fact, some sponsors are using retro logos as well. Kunal, it's so good to see Formula One try and relive some of the spirit of the older racing days. I love it. Well, I wish Formula One cars also went back into retro and ban the DRS for only the 1,000th race because I think it's going to be there for the next 1,000 races. <laughs> so maybe they should just give us a non-DRS race, you know, just to respect and salute the racing of the olden days, as we would call it. But uh, speaking of which, there has been mixed reactions about the aero changes for the 2019 Formula One season. Kimi Raikkonen said that following other cars has been easier, but overtaking is actually harder, which is fine. While Lewis Hamilton thinks that 
the rules have made absolutely no difference whatsoever. Yeah, but Kunal, let's remember, Lewis Hamilton barely has to follow many cars on track. <laughs> and so if Kimi Raikkonen says they work, they work. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how yeah. it goes with Mithila and Kimi Raikkonen. But I must say, Kimi Raikkonen pulled off some really cool moves in the first laps, first few laps of the Bahrain Grand Prix. Now, the FIA has done simulations and they've said that at some races, overtaking could go up by almost 50% this year. And that's, of course, thanks to the new aero changes and the big DRS wing. Yeah, but even with these changes, I wonder if, say, George Russell or Robert Kubica will be able to overtake any of their rivals this year. Ouch. Now, that, it is an honest assessment. And uh, to celebrate the 1000th race, though, Bernie Ecclestone did an interview where, of course, the first thing he said was Williams's plight is unbearable to him, obviously. But the other thing he said in the interview, on the interview on the 1000th Formula 1 Grand Prix, he actually said that Formula E is the future and that Formula 1 should be concerned. Hilarious. Kunal, does Formula E need, even need a better ambassador than Bernie Ecclestone? Maybe not. Yeah, because the other big ambassador, of course, is Lewis Hamilton, uh, because he said that he'd love to have a go in Formula E. Uh, but then he only spoke of Formula E as his retirement plan. So maybe I'd be worried about that. Like a positive, negative kind of thing. Yeah. But why not? But then he also said he wants to test MotoGP, right? Lots of so, things. Yeah, so he's saying a lot of things. <laughs> he's saying what Alonso <laughs> wants to do. Anyway, with Mercedes entering Formula E next season, Hamilton in Formula E could actually be easy and awesome if that has happened. Let's see. And, you know, given how close and competitive uh, the entire Formula E grid is, it'll be interesting to see how Hamilton stacks up to the challenge. Yeah, but irrespective of which series Hamilton goes racing in, he really needs to improve his race starts. He's lost positions at the start in both Australia and Bahrain. Let's see what happens now in China. Absolutely correct. But Lewis Hamilton's arrival in Formula E could actually threaten Jean-Éric Wern's existence. Because, you know, we've said this before in our podcast that... Jean-Éric Wern is trying to be the Lewis Hamilton of Formula E. He's a reigning champion, for starters. And he is acting in a movie. He's also acting in a documentary and whatnot. And he's pretty vocal even on social media. Yeah, I think Formula E needs a Netflix show. <laughs> yeah. Hey, by the way, uh, Jean-Éric Wern has been staging a late-season comeback to try and defend his title this year. Formula E is very interesting. But back to Bernie Ecclestone and in his reference to Lewis Hamilton, he said that Vettel has a mental block about going up against Hamilton and Kunal, I think that could be true. Yeah, and that somewhat falls in line with what uh, Nico Rosberg has said about his battles with Lewis Hamilton. And think of it this way, you know, Hamilton's talent and success could actually be remembered for also ending the Formula 1 careers of two Formula 1 world champions. Nico Rosberg, as we already know, and he's publicly stated it, but maybe it could be Sebastian Vettel as well. Who knows? Yeah, but that brings me back to my next question. Will Vettel manage to bounce back in China? Well, I'm not sure which race he's going to bounce back, to be honest. Because, you know, everyone is, does expect him to bounce back. Lewis Hamilton as well. I mean, it, it was good to see Hamilton support all of those Vettel's errors. But will it be China or not? We will find out in a couple of days' time. But unfortunately for Vettel, four spins in the last 10 races is the current statistic that everyone's talking about and not about wins or pole positions or even fastest laps now. By the way, did you see Vettel's public simulator appearance in China? So he was in the simulator and he spun, not once but twice, and then he took to the gravel a few times too. 
Kunal, I think everyone, uh, you know, has been talking about Vettel and his spinning ways. So now Vettel is just having a go at everyone, <laughs> <laughs> playing with us. Well, he's just trolling the trolls. And mind you, I wasn't one of the trolls because I believe in Sebastian Vettel. I believe that he will bounce back. I believe in the human ability to fight back. And it's just so much fun when people do that. Oh, but, but Kunal, you also believe in momentum. So, <laughs> Well, okay. So on a more serious note... Sebastian Vettel tested Charles Leclerc's chassis in the post-parent test. So hopefully they found a few answers to their car issues and the answers will literally show themselves on track in China. Speaking of issues, Sebastian Vettel hasn't won in China since a decade. And Mercedes has like, they have an amazing record here. Like, let's not even go there. But Kunal, I have to tell you the funniest thing that I've heard, you know, in a long time. Ferrari's fuel smells like grapefruit. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I don't know whether to laugh or what. It's so strange. Well, I wonder if Christian Horner said that because he's disappointed that Red Bull Racing's fuel actually smells like fuel and not Red Bull. I'm sure they tried. <laughs> yeah, I mean, can you imagine like Red Bull actually trying to do that and it would be such an awesome brand plug, you know, all that uh, you know, all that subliminal messaging and all that which Ferrari are apparently fa- or of course obviously famous for. But Ferrari are rumoured to have 40 BHP more than Mercedes. And Hamilton has said that Honda are within 10 BHP of Ferrari and Mercedes. So, Yeah, the math doesn't add up, <laughs> as always. <laughs> well, I'll tell you another math that didn't add up for me. Nico Hulkenberg said that the Renault 2019 car is a major step forward. But it suffers from the same issues as it did in 2018. Okay, I'm now going to talk about the Netflix Formula 1 show, which, of course, as you guys know, is our favourite show. I had an avid football fan, Ankit Joshi, reach out to me saying he's become very interested in Formula 1 thanks to the Netflix show. And now he's actually catching up on all he can of the sport. Now, Ankit has 1,000 races to catch up on. All the best, Ankit. Yeah, or 999 specifically. (laughs) Yeah, but you know, lots of such new fans are embracing the show, the sport and our podcast. Welcome, guys. Yes. Lewis Hamilton said the reviews of the Netflix show were mixed. Uh, You know, of course, he added later that they were more positive ones than in general. But he then also admitted that he didn't have the time to watch the show. Now, that's a disappointment. Yeah. And then he said something we all know that the Netflix show is good for the sport. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it kind of makes sense to me why Hamilton hasn't watched the show yet. Because he's not in it. Yeah, well, obviously, <laughs> he did say, though, that Netflix had reached out to him for something else on a personal level. Maybe it was like the biography or follow the life of a Formula One world champion or something to that effect. But back to this, I think Lewis Hamilton doesn't need to watch the Netflix Formula One show because, you know, the show is all about the midfield teams. And I think Hamilton is like way ahead of the midfield teams at least for the last 100 races. Or so. <laughs> By the way, I think someone needs to reach out and tell Sebastian Vettel that something like Netflix exists and there's a Formula One show on it, <laughs> given that he's been so off the pace lately. <laughs> Just kidding. I mean, you know, Vettel is not so eager to embrace new forms of media. So Kunal, maybe he hasn't heard of the show. Well, by that logic, maybe he doesn't know of live streaming. And then what about Formula One TV? You know, what do you know about Formula One TV? <laughs> oh, we're taking this a little too far. Like, <laughs> Sorry, Sebastian. Like with all the spinning jokes. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, some big news from the paddock in the last few days. So we'll start with Verstappen and how Helmut Marco has been saying that Mercedes has been in frequent contact with Verstappen. Uh, and the rumors are if Verstappen could race for Mercedes in 2020. My God. 
well, if Max Verstappen does race for Mercedes in 2020, we could either have a Hamilton-Verstappen pairing or even better, a Verstappen-Ocon pairing. And I think both the pairing options would be bloody awesome. And then a Charles Leclerc versus a Max Verstappen would be even more lethal. But Kunal, even if Verstappen is able to match Leclerc on track... I really wonder if Verstappen or actually anyone else can match Leclerc's dance moves. Did you see that video that made the rounds of social media? Absolutely. I, I was stunned. It was crazy. Leclerc has some serious style. Yeah, I mean, I was actually more than the dance moves. I was impressed by how he could do a handstand and then walk on his hands. I don't know what they do with the drivers in formula medicine, but guys, <laughs> whatever you are doing looks brilliant and sounds brilliant. But, you know, since we're talking of Leclerc or Verstappen, it makes me now wonder which of the drivers would be the first ones to win the Formula One Drivers' Championship. What's your pick? Yeah, Kunal, I'm going to go into a typical Kunal type of answer and say, let's hope there's a fight irrespective of which driver wins. That's what we want as Formula One fans. Well, thank you for quoting me, but I think... I think maybe I need to take sides a little more often than I do. And this one would be a bloody tough one to find. But... If if Verstappen's going to be in the Red Bull, then there's a chance that, you know, Leclerc will be the first driver to probably win the world title. He's already beaten, uh, you know, Max to getting a pole position. So let's see what he can beat him to next. Yeah, Kunal, I would strictly advise you against taking sides because the last time you sided against Hamilton and Verstappen, you know what happened. Yes. Now, let's not remind everyone of what actually happened. It's to be kept under wraps. So I'm going to move on and this time I'm going to move on to a very, uh, very charismatic driver. The most complete driver on the grid, Fernando Alonso. Somebody who's never going to say bye to Formula One or to motorsport. Uh, He said that he is not sure if McLaren can win the Indy 500 in 2019. And I think that could be true because this year McLaren are competing on their own. Like they have their own team instead of partnering with Andretti like they had a few years ago. Yeah, by the way, I really like the 9-degree video that the team has put out on social media. Guys, go and see it. It's amazing. Absolutely. The ending was so much fun because, you know, they were talking on the video that you need to keep turning left in everything you do. And Alonso had to enter a door which was on his right. And instead of turning right, he actually chose to turn left twice and then enter the door. So phenomenal stuff, right? And the other part of the video that interested me was that McLaren are actually helping Alonso by designing a new shoe for his Indy 500 bid. And Alonso said that he is the best driver in the world. I would definitely agree with that. He is most definitely the most complete driver on the grid. And that's why I'm using the word most so many times. Yeah, and Alonso said that he would just keep racing until he found someone quicker than him. Basically, he's going to be racing forever. (laughs) Yes. And you know... Let's put it this way. To be very frank, this is a fantastic era to be a motorsport fan. I mean, we've got young drivers like Verstappen, Leclerc, Gasly, Norris, you know, and the likes that are surprising all of us with their talent and maturity as well. And then we've got the older drivers like Alonso and even Kimi Raikkonen, who are now purely racing for fun. You know, like as Raikkonen recently said that he's, he's racing in Formula One is like a hobby. Raikkonen said it. Anyway, Kunal, so any closing notes before I hand over to Lucien for his Moments in Time section? Yes, a few final points. There's four new fan festivals in 2019. Uh, The locations have been announced. Shanghai, Chicago, Los Angeles and some city in Brazil. So if any of our listeners are headed to any of these, 
Do get in touch with us via our Facebook page, the Inside Line F1 podcast. Yeah, actually, lots of roadshows in America. Uh, Liberty Media is consciously trying to build the market out there. And, you know, carefully as well, because Shaw Bratches was accused of corruption while trying to make the Miami Grand, Grand Prix happen. So they, they're, of course, trading with care, I'm sure. And Will Smith's production company has been contracted to create A-list celebrity content, basically influencer marketing. Uh, uh, this is uh, Hamilton's future career. <laughs> this is his future career. Well, some tried and tested approaches and why not? I mean, I don't mind the gimmicky videos where Hamilton and Will Smith had in Abu Dhabi last year. And it's okay to make Formula One fun. Like we do, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I'll tell you what may be fun too. Um, Adding a Q4 to qualifying next year, they're already talking about it. Well, I actually love our qualifying the way it is currently. The three parts are good for me. But again, if they go ahead with Q4, the FIA better close all the loopholes You know, like teams not participating in one of the sessions, especially Q4 to save tires and all of that. Let's not sacrifice uh, entertainment and action, you know, to strategy. Yeah, so guys, I know y'all have all been waiting for this. So instead of the What Wolf Said This Week section, I have a new and awesome and special section. It's called the What Will Now Said This Week section. So Jacques Will Now Said that Gasly could be sent back to Toro Rosso this year. And that Helmut Marco cannot be trusted. Well, I don't know, but I can say one of those is true. <laughs> but I would love to see Gasly succeed. I really hope Red Bull Racing and Helmut Marco are patient enough and offer him the support required to get back to speed. Yeah, it would be an absolute shame if Red Bull Racing destroys yet another young driver's career. Yes, and talking of young drivers, the young brothers of famous Formula One fans are making news. So Nicholas Hamilton is racing in the British Touring Car Championship. Arthur Leclerc is racing in Formula 4 and he's joined the Sauber Junior Driver Program. And Fabian Vettel, like we told you a couple of episodes ago, is racing for Mercedes in DTM. Okay, by the way, final note. So this is about a young Formula 2 driver, Mahavi Raghunathan. Uh, So Kunal, he crossed the checkered flag twice in Bahrain. He was a lap down and instead of finishing the uh, the race on the same lap as the winner, he decided to go to an extra lap. Uh, He's going to have a 10-place grid penalty in Barcelona the next round. That's actually really weird because he's made it to Formula 2 and he's not understood what it would mean to finish the race if he is a lapped driver. But anyway, I'm sure the stewards will sort him out in the FIA we trust. But now, moving on to celebrate this weekend's Chinese Grand Prix, we have Lucien Byfield back on our show with his Moments in Time section. Here you go, guys. Welcome to Formula One Moments in Time with Lucien Byfield from South Australia. This week, memories of the Chinese Grand Prix of the past. Now, my fellow Formula One fans, this is supposedly the thousandth Grand Prix in history, but... I can hear Ted Kravitz turning in his metaphorical grave over some crazy stat that renders this not actually true. 2007, with the title within reach, Lewis Hamilton stayed out on worn tyres and, in what has become one of the most incredible visual spectacles in history, Hamilton entered the pits a little too fast and found one tiny patch of gravel and got beached. In 2006, Michael Schumacher got his 91st and final race win of his career, beating a fast-charging Alonso in the Renault. 
Juan Pablo Montoya nearly lost his family jewels in 2005 when he ran over an open drain with a raised gate protruding. Lewis Hamilton has won here five times, but it was his 2011 win here in McLaren that briefly made me really appreciate his immense talent. 2011 started with Red Bull dominance, with Vettel looking unbeatable. But Lewis has this quality where, if there is a sniff, he will not give up, and somehow that day he just relentlessly pulled Vettel back and got him towards the end of the race. Nico Rosberg won here twice, but his 2012 victory was also his first win in Formula 1. 2005, one of the strangest crashes seen in Formula 1 occurred during a warm-up lap. Christian Albers and Michael Schumacher's cars collided, and if you watch this crash, it does seem to imply that the usually amazing Schumacher was not paying attention. Back to 2010, Sebastian Buemi had a scare when his Toro Rosso lost both front wheels, luckily on a straight. He was able to slow sufficiently as he nudged the guardrail and made it to the gravel trap. In 2013, Fernando Alonso won in a less than top-notch Ferrari, winning his 31st and second last ever Formula 1 win, to date. I have to say, because he might come back. There are four current drivers who have won this race. Lewis Hamilton, Kimi Raikkonen, Sebastian Vettel and Daniel Ricciardo, the overtaking god in that 2018 race. So, will this year yield a new winner? Given Ferrari's supposed apparent and inconsistent dominance, it is Mercedes that have won both races with 1-2 finishes to boot. So, can Ferrari handle that long straight, the one that most are saying they will blitz it on? Well, the question for me is this. Is running at full capacity causing the issues at Ferrari? And is that why they were so cautious in Australia? Given the speed, Ferrari should win. And this might be the deciding race in the future of Sebastian Vettel. One more mistake, and he will be mentally finished. And if Leclerc thrashes him again, the mental battle will be almost unbeatable. Anyway, that's it for this time on Formula One Moments in Time with Lucien Byfield from South Australia. Catch you later. Thank you so much, Lucien and Kunal. This brings me to my favorite part of the show, predictions for China. Well, I think it's going to be a Ferrari victory, but I still can't bet on which driver it's going to be. And what do you think? Yeah, Kunal, I think I'm going to go with Sebastian Vettel winning in China for Ferrari. You know, speaking of bouncing back. Yes, and I think we should also be predicting who would be the best of the rest going forward. At China, I think it's going to be Nico Hulkenberg. Yeah, well, I think it's going to be a Haas. And chances are that it will be Kevin Magnussen. Right. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. This is our second episode of the week. A couple of days ago, we had the famous Formula One photographer, Kim Ilman, on our show. So if you've not heard, uh, you know, Ilman on the life of a Formula One photographer in the paddock, go back and listen to that episode. But for now, we will see you in a couple of days after China during the Easter break. Adios. Pros bring something extra to every job. Now at the Home Depot, they also get something extra. Pro Extra, our free loyalty program built for pros just like you. Members earn perks with every dollar spent, like Pro Extra dollars, a tool rental credit, and more. New members get $20 off their next in-store purchase of 200 or more just for signing up. 
Learn more at homedepot.com slash proextra. New year, more rewards, proextra, only at the Home Depot. How doers get more done.